TB Music Podcast. That's very good. Apparently, <coughs> <Yeah. coughs> <coughs> we already have, having uh, just done the uh, pre-podcast discussion. This thing's going to be even more entertaining than usual. <laughs> um, so, on this podcast, I'm going to do this more often. Yeah, on this podcast, we are uh, reviewing. Well, we're meant to be reviewing six albums, and uh, we sort of both are. Unfortunately, they're not necessarily the same <laughs> six albums. <laughs> right, the albums that we were supposedly meant to be reviewing this podcast are School of Seven Bells. Uh, S7B, Rick Springfield Rocket Science, Jezebel's Cynthia, uh, Esperanza Spalding, Emily's De-Evolution, 1975, hang on, I take a deep breath here, I like it when you sleep, for you're so beautiful yet so unaware of it, yay, <laughs> and Bonnie Raitt digging deep, however due to some confusion, uh, when we drew up the original list for this, uh, there was a different album on the list, uh, an album which Pete has listened to and reviewed, uh, and which we will get to uh, round about. I love, I, love the way, I, lo- I love the way you've set that up so it's me that's actually made the error. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> but, but I digress. Yes, I digest. Right. Anyway, uh, let's start with one that we <laughs> were both in agreement that we were reviewing, and. Um, the fourth and one presumes um, uh, final album from School of Seven Bells. Um, for those who don't know, the um, co-member and uh, guitarist of the band, Benjamin Curtis, died at the end of 2013 after a battle with um, T-cell lymphoma. And most people thought that was going to be it for the band. Um, but it turned out that uh, before his death, he and uh, bandmate Alexandra De Heza, um had already begun working on material for a follow-up album to their 2012, I think it was, album, Ghost Story. Uh, Ghost Story. Ghost Story. Uh, which was one of my favourite albums that year. Mm, I um, and so this album uh, is the final result of those songs the pair had worked on. Uh, was it worth doing? Yes. Definitely. Um, I think one of my one of my um, favorite albums I think so far this year. Okay. Um, I found this album at times very moving. Record um, a very deep musically mm-hmm. album. Um, it was uh, an album that that you know even after the first listen, I found I found myself drawn in, uh, and on repeated listening, it, it, it certainly rewarded. Um, there's some really lovely touches on here. There's also some very, and I was aware of the, yes, of course, the um, the demise of Benjamin beforehand. So that gives it an added heartache listening to it because you th- you do sort of find yourself thinking, oh, what could have been? But clearly he's on this record, and he's on this record. Even if he's even if he's not physically on the record, he's there as a presence. Yes, very much. And so. I think and I think that really speaks to. Um, uh, the surviving member of the duo in terms of how she's put this together. Um, it's a, a beautifully produced album as well. Um, and tinged, tinged obviously with sadness, but also 
a very enjoyable record to listen to. Yeah, I mean, as she says, uh, as she said a few times promoting the album, it is very much a love letter from start to finish that mm. kind of in- lyrically kind of encompasses um, their kind of whole kind of meeting, becoming a couple, stopping becoming a couple, just carrying on working together as um, a band, yeah. um, and then clearly the kind of uh, the kind of heartache of losing kind of a soulmate and best best friend. Um, at a ridiculously early age. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I agree with that. I think I think it's a it's a strong record, uh, possibly slightly stronger in its first half than the second half. Yeah. By being yeah. uh, picky, uh, starts off with a blaze, which is just kind of perfect, kind of dreamy, ethereal school of seven bells. If you're a fan of the band or aware of their music, um, a blaze is very much on the money for what you'd expect to hear. Um, You've got uh, Open Your Eyes, which uh, could be a huge hit single, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. It, and kind of one of those songs that if you picked any pop artist out there at the moment and said, cover this song, it probably would be a hit. Uh, very much of that kind of ilk of stuff. Uh, as the album goes on, particularly towards the end, as you might expect with the kind of journey and story it's telling, it gets kind of... Uh, slightly darker and more ballady and mm, slow quieter, so that's slower. the track's confusion and this yeah. is our time particularly fit into that uh, and this is our time um, also has a kind of 80s sound um, the 80s theme being one mm. that no doubt will be a recurring one in this particular podcast yes uh, <coughs> indeed but yeah I think it's a really good record as well I, I really enjoyed the last track actually. and I know the second half of the album does tend to it, and you, you, you're right we have been picky does tend to feel less cohesive, but that that final track, um, even though it does sort of feel put on at the end, I actually thought it was a really good album closer. Yeah, no, I still think, yeah. think it is a good album closer. Yeah. So, speaking of, of the eighties, <laughs> speaking of the eighties, we go on to uh, the twentieth album from uh, Rick Springfield. Um, uh, I should say up front here that uh, I'm a long-standing fan of Mr. Springfield. Um, and got into him in his 80s heyday, I suppose. Um, you know, Rick, for, again, for people that aren't aware of him or are already aware of him through uh, Jesse's Girl, since most people probably know that, if nothing else, uh, he was your kind of, particularly in the States, your BB, your Timberlake, your Drake of the 80s, classic kind of pin-up, good-looking bloke, writing kind of pop hits. And for me, the pleasing thing about this record... Um, is that whilst it's not kind of a classic, it's not kind of a record that's going to set the world alight, there's still plenty of evidence on the record that the man still knows how to write and construct good pop mm. melodies and yeah. catchy hooks. So um, particularly on songs like um, Near the Start of the Album, Down, The One and Best Damn Thing, particularly mm. good stretch at the start the start, this introduced a kind of perhaps predictable kind of country tinge to several tracks so on things like Miss Mayhem which features some nice Dombro guitar playing mm-hmm. uh, I think it's Crowded Solitude slightly later on the album also has that kind of thing to it and again the album probably falls away a bit towards the end yeah if I'm being if I'm being honest you are um, <laughs> yeah so so it gets past actually probably Let Me In which is a, a ball- ballad is probably it's probably Probably where it should finish. Probably where it should finish. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was interesting, uh, quite quite amused me as well. Well, though, is um, 
couple of tracks on the album that I mean, pay it pay it forward. Uh, I was listening to that and I was walking along the road the other day and I thought this is really weird because suddenly in my head I hear Gary Barlow and take that singing this. Yeah. And I got lots of similarly boys. So I was like, it's, it's kind of almost classic kind of boys band boy band kind was of it? pop tune. Um, yeah, I'll come back to that. Yep. And, and then also just after after we've ended the album, um, there's We Connect, um, yeah. which. Coldplay, um, <laughs> and again, now whether you think either of those things is a good or bad thing is t- totally down to you. Um, but yeah, so my general feeling about this record is it's good. It's a good, enjoyable pop rock, pop rock record, which shows that the 66-year-old Rick Gosh. can still Agreed. churn out some pleasing pop. I was I was going to say that the final three or four tracks sound like sound, do sound like a boy band. In fact, I go as far as to say it almost sounds like a different record. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to this. Yeah. I was like, "Have I, have I, have I flipped onto the next album we're reviewing?" <laughs> Hence, you can yes. get confusion. Uh, you know, it, it's it's almost like a different album. Um, and you mentioned Tim Blake and uh, etc. It it has that that vibe to it at the end. Yeah, um, that sort of overproduced pop music. Whereas the the other two thirds of the album was sort of kind of middle of the road pop rock, good melodies, good lyrics, and then all of a sudden it turns into a um, yeah. Um, which is a bit, a bit, a bit of a, um, a bit cutting uh, <laughs> in terms of um, how it's put together. But hey, uh, it's all right. It's good. It's a good album. It's a good album. It's it's actually reward again. Another one that rewards on repeated listening. I, I didn't really get into it first time yeah. through, uh, but actually, yeah, yeah, it's all right. Solid. So um, we all stick with the eighties, sort of. Yeah. Uh, so we move on to uh, the third album from Australian band Jezebels. Uh, Cynthia and this is interesting for me I actually, I actually saw this band live about uh, three years ago did you? Um, yeah I dragged Dialogue um, because I liked one of their songs that I think was on their first album yeah and it was one of those classic things when I, we were looking for something to do and it was like oh well, this band's I think I literally bought the tickets the night, the night before I think it's like oh they're playing the tickets are only kind of like 12 quid let's go and, and they were quite good though yeah but by the by, that's not what we're reviewing. What we're reviewing is them now and their third al- third album. And Cynthia is uh, a pun of sorts. Ah! Oh dear. <laughs> but now we know that Pete's missed that. And you've no one gets the spelling of Cynthia if you had it before. Oh, do you, Pete? <laughs> And do you know what? I got the giggles when I first started listening to this record as well. I mean, the opening track is, is clearly somebody's got daddy issues. <laughs> um, this, the, again, the, um, a bit like the School of the Seven Bells, this is actually a really enjoyable record the more you listen to it. Yeah. Um, and it is what a wash with 80s synth. Hello, oh, Peter. And uh, it's, a, you know, it, I, I say for standout tracks for me, uh, probably my love is my disease, which has a classic sort of um, riff. To yeah, it's it. a great pop, very sing along pop pop tune, and uh, and uh, some of the later tracks, uh, in particular, come alive. Uh, and if you want me, um, yeah, if you want me, is uh, kind of feels very much like the sort of a, 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 yeah, I wash with eighty stuff, but but I got a real Pretenders vibe towards the end of the record as well, vocally. Yeah, vocally she's a bit like yeah. that, that and, and lyrically as well, she's very, very 
I mean, feminist in a good way. Uh, the, the lyrics are quite uh, funny like that. I mean, yeah. Smile, which I think the third, third track on the on, on the album is is has a go at the whole kind of issue of men frequently saying to women, "Oh, come on, smile, love." Yeah, love, love yeah. that thing, and go saying, "Yeah, I'm not smiling because my mum might have died," or yeah, various other kind yeah. of things. Um, although Smile is an interesting one because that's one of the handful of tracks. From this album, that I think could quite easily have been dropped into an album later on in the podcast, indeed, without skipping a heartbeat. Uh, I agree with you. Mother of Disease is, is by Disease is a great pop song, yeah. And as, as is if you, if you want me towards the end, which reminded me a lot of kind of um, March Violets, Psychedelic Furs, yes, kind of. It's that. It's the kind of song you'd, you'd, that would have been on an eighties soundtrack. Yeah, it's an eighties. It's an eighties album. Um, very much so to the core, and, it, and I know it's called Cynthia, but it's it's more that that new wave of eighties rather than that sort of latter day synth pop. Yeah, and the, uh, Pleasure, Pleasure Drive uh, also also features a nice nod to uh, Moving in Stereo by the Cars. Just as a, as, a, as, you do. As, as a passing aside. Yeah, yeah. No, I um, really enjoy the record. Uh, so we now move on to the two albums that we've reviewed separately. Separately. <laughs> <Pardon>? <laughs> Don't worry, uh, listeners, I'm going to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. It means you get to review two in a row in a minute. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to start with... Keep you go other. first. So I'll start with Esperanza Spawning. While I collect my thoughts. Emily D's Evolution. Um, <laughs> this is the fifth album from Spawning. Um, and not someone we've reviewed before, and not someone I've listened to particularly before, although was aware of the name, if you know what I mean. Yes. Um, perhaps famously, at least in the music business, even for people that aren't aware of her music, quite a few people might be aware that she famously won the Grammy for Best New Artist in 2011, beating um, out Florence and the Machine, Justin Bieber, Mumford and Sons, and Drake in the process. Oh. Um, and the first artist who was pigeonholed as jazz to ever win that particular coveted award as well. Nice. Um, this album isn't really jazz, um, although it does certainly have the influences are very much still present in the kind of an unorthodox kind of chord progressions and very pointed, jarring uh, melodies that feature through it. If you're thinking of kind of you know maybe Bowie, Zappa, like jazz rock, mm. got elements of that in. Um, Amusingly, it is co-produced by Tony Visconti. Ah, okay. Uh, he did the last Bowie album. So it's kind of jazz funk on one level, but on another level, it's a kind of Carol King, Joni Mitchell album. Uh, Joni Mitchell, particularly, because in uh, her particular vocal delivery across most of this album, is very much that kind of Joni Mitchell style uh, of singing, almost as if she's aping Mitchell herself. It's a fascinating and challenging record that's full of energy and invention um, and basically I think my, my rule for this year is uh, if the album is produced by Tony Visconti it must be good yeah uh, and this, 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 this is a, a just a a great record that gets better and better with each listen also she's a fantastic really fantastic bass player band are really tight a uh, guy called Matthew Stevens playing guitar. Yeah. Album you should listen to. 
Cool, I will do. Should I listen to the other one that I didn't review? Yes, I think you should. Um, I listened to uh, Wild Nothing's Life of Paws. And um, I think for the first time in a long time, and I know we talked about this previously on the podcast, I actually think I've discovered an album that reflects that sort of early 90s new wave of new wave. That is to say, the sort of the early days of indie. Um, Not suede, but that kind of era. Yeah. And uh, the album itself is, uh, again, uh, an interesting mixture of styles. It has that sort of late 80s hangover. It's clearly produced today, but it references so many records from that sort of late 80s, early 90s period. Um, in particular, uh, in one or two tracks, quite surprisingly, I got a real vibe for, for um, Blur. Right. Blur's, um, Blur's sort of first and second album period. Uh, leisure and um, modern life is rubbish uh, particularly the track Japanese Alice which even, even has a blur like title uh, it, you know there was, there, was, there was that kind of vibe going on but also in other parts um, it sounded very much although not musically whatsoever yeah. it sounded very much like Martin Gore so again you know another pull for Peter um, standout tracks for me opening track um, Right Pop and Lady Blue Japanese Alice I've mentioned um, Alien and um, you, might have heard on the radio, that you may have heard that on the radio I wouldn't be surprised if you didn't and uh, TV Queen um, you know really kind of a, a, an enjoyable album very much like um, album before last that we both both reviewed uh, Jezebel's it, mm. it kind of improves the more you listen to it and and I think the album kind of settles into itself so yeah. by the close which it, it then sort of closes on a bit of a, a more of a quieter tone but by the close you, you've got a sense of a you've got a sense of a band that's um uh, that's that's put out a decent piece of work it's a good collection of songs is what i'm trying to say yeah well the reason people review this album is because when we originally were go on I'd love my coming, coming up with uh things to review this podcast it mm. was it was one of the things that was potentially on the list and i dropped it from the list because it was coming up um bizarrely on several things as being an album that was actually originally released in 2013 as opposed to now and I was thinking that's really strange that is strange I've seen people saying this is just this new album that's coming out now and yet I've seen Mm. seen sort of several other things saying it was 2013 I think well I don't really want to be reviewing something from 2013 I do it was a good year (laughs) which is true it was I don't don't need anything else good for that year (laughs) So I kind of thought, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll review something else instead. So it moved. Mm. Obviously, you ignored that particular email. <laughs> yes, it's been that sort of month. Yeah. <laughs> However, yeah. Cl- clearly you didn't you didn't ignore the uh, the next email. The 1975. I couldn't. Uh, I really couldn't ignore the 1975. I like it when you sleep, where you are so beautiful, yet so unaware of it. Which definitely scores an award at the end of the year. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, kind of, it, it kind of literally writes itself. It writes it? itself, yeah. literally, yes. Yeah. So, Pete, the second album, we actually did review their first we album. We did, didn't we? Yeah. And I can't remember thinking about it. It was very, it was very straightforward, Poppy, and I yeah, think I okay. possibly liked it slightly more than you. I think we both thought it was okay. But. All right, no, that's uh, fair enough. Um, the, I'll, I'll start with the negative with this one. It's too damn long. Or at least it feels like it's too damn long. It, it, it's it if it, you know it's um 17 tracks and 75 minutes and it's oh, it uh, 75 uh, yeah 75 minutes feels longer than 75 it does minutes. feel longer than 75 minutes there there 
Yeah, oh, it's the classic criticism. There's a corking great album in the middle of there somewhere. Um, but what is interesting about this record is, again, um, it's not a straightforward pop. It's actually quite experimental in parts, and and I think it's better for it in terms of that experimental feeling. And um, there is a there's a there is even a moment about two thirds of the way in when the album probably should finish again, um, but it actually becomes a dub album for about three tracks. And it just goes into pure instrumental dub. And, and, and somehow that works. Yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's certainly an interesting album. Yeah. I'll give, um, you, I'll give you that. Yeah, from, 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 uh, from I, think it's, I think it's Loving Someone Onwards by about three or four tracks. It's, it, it's, it's just mostly instrumental. And then at the end, you've got a, a collection of songs that are sort of thrown in there at the end and you feel like, am I listening to the, the deluxe diamond limited edition nope. version? No, I'm not. I'm actually listening to the album album proper. Um, and you've got songs like Paris and, um, and, yeah, which is all right. and which is all right. Yeah. Paris is all right. Nana, <laughs> which is sweet. <laughs> um, and, and one of the, one of the, it also has, um, a good, good sort of, as clever use of lyrics, quite, quite funny, quirky lyrics as well. Um, I particularly enjoyed if I, if I believe you, which is a song to Jesus. Um, which has a brilliant lyric in there somewhere um, uh, along the lines of um, I want to believe you, I, I can believe you but why did you make me an atheist? You know, it's quite it's quirky. Yeah, I, there, there is some quirkiness to yes. it. Um, frankly, you need some quirkiness if you are naming your album I like it when you sleep but you're so beautiful yet so unaware of it. Indeed. Uh, and and indeed, I, I, indeed having a song that is also called that so hats off to them for actually yeah. naming, naming the album after a particular the longest particular title song longest on the album as well. And I, I think all this quirkiness now is in that first half of the album. Mm. Uh, and uh, it's better for it. Yeah, I've, I'm um, of, of similar mind to you. It has to be that I've, I've found this album just impossible to listen to in one sitting. I managed to do it the first 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 time first time and the second and third time I listened listened to the album uh, I didn't and it wasn't, <laughs> and in both in both occasions it wasn't because I didn't have the time to listen to the whole album yeah it was because I just physically you didn't have the time couldn't do it yeah. because and it's interesting because on one level it as you say it's quite it's quite it's quite a uh, Interest, interesting album and it and by themselves say oh yeah it's a very eclectic mix of styles and on, on one level it kind of is yeah but as it goes on <laughs> things do start merging into one and you find it difficult to do you, do you think it suffers because the, the tracks that are well just pick out the tracks do you think it suffers because of its eclecticism no, I don't think it suffers from its eclectic. I think it suffers from just the fact that it's it's, it's <laughs> just pretty long, <laughs> and there's something about the way it's produced that just makes it feel even lo even longer than that. I mean, mm. there is. I mean, as you said, there is an interesting eclecticism because the album starts off, and you know, you're straight into "Love Me," which you know is the lost track off side two at the end of Peter Gabriel's "So" album. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> It goes over there. They got change of change of heart when you suddenly it's um, it's kind of um, Madonna, um, Steve, crazy for you. Yes. And, and yes, yes. And, there's, and across the album, there's a whole kind of um, she's Patrick, American. Yeah, Patrick Leonard, Arif Martin mm -hmm. kind of production kind of sound going on. 
which is fine, it's great, it's, it's great, great. But as you say, if you've got all that kind of stuff, then you've got Lost My Head, which, for all intents and purposes, is a My Bloody Valentine song. <laughs> slightly less fuzzy, slightly less loud, but it is. Um, and yeah, and uh, and then The Sound, which is a great pop song, which I think is the, yeah. the current single. Yeah. And so there's a lot, there's a lot to like on the record. Yeah. But this is one of those occasions where I think I would literally just have to cherry pick out the songs that I, I like, like well, and, ha- and have on, on, a, on a separate playlist because I can't imagine actually sitting down and listening to this whole album again. It's, it's the classic. It's the classic. Um, it's the album. It's the album for the digital generation. Sorry, let me try that again. Digital generation. Um, it, you know, there is your pick and choose album in there. There is, there is I believe, there's there's a good album in there somewhere. There is a good album in there somewhere. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's kind of lost a bit. So we finish. Um, you mean we're not done with our second sixty-six-year-old? <laughs> we know we're not. <laughs> um, so we explained towards the on sixty-six-year-old. We have Bonnie Raitt, uh, also with I think also her twentieth album. Uh, so sixty-six-year-olds and twentieth albums. Go figure. Um, similarly, it is Rick, Rick in some some ways an artist that for many years was probably uh, kind of ignored mostly over in the UK. It was very much someone that was. Highly thought of in the in the states and highly thought of in perhaps critical circles over here, less than um, you know your average puncher in the street kind of thing. But I think that's definitely changed over the last uh, ten, fifteen years or so. Hmm. And on the strength of this album, you can kind of, you can kind of see kind of see why it's it's a kind of it's one of those kind of effortless records, and I mean that hmm. in the, in a, in a in a nice way rather than as a criticism. Um, very much, very much a kind of old school kind of R and B, and by that I mean you know traditional rhythm, rhythm and blues, as yeah. opposed to modern R and B. Um, great musicianship, some great heartfelt lyric, lyric, lyrics, solid singing, couple of uh, interesting covers, so shaking, shaking, shakes, uh, which is the Lost Lobos song. And perhaps even more surprisingly, <laughs> um, in excess is Need You Tonight, which. Yeah gets a total makeover and, and suddenly thinking, yeah, this suddenly sounds like it always should have been this kind of, you know, bluesy R&B number as opposed to mm. the way it sounds. Well, it, what it, it was, yeah. Uh, so there's a lot, I think there's a lot to like, like on the like on album. I managed to listen to it twice, um, uh, right out of time. Um, I probably will listen to it again because uh, there is enough on it that's made me kind of think, yeah, this is, this would be a nice kind of just kicking back and chilling kind of record. Uh, and I'm sure that if you're already a, a rate fan, that um, you'll rate this highly. Boom dish. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, and I did just think of that. That wasn't that wasn't pre-prepared. That's <laughs> still no excuse, though. Sorry. <laughs> um. Okay. <laughs> How do I top that? Um. Yeah. It's. It, I, I completely agree with what you're saying in terms of. It sounds like it was just a pleasure to make yeah. and, and actually just to get some musicians in the room let's just churn out an album it sounds great um, and it does sound great I, I genuinely mean that um, it wasn't an album for me uh, if I'm honest which I am uh, it, to me it it's just felt like another collection of country-esque songs mm. without that sort of momentum that some of the other country albums that we've been listening to recently has um 
that may sound like harsh criticism but I don't mean it sound like harsh criticism um, I'm sure she'll survive I'm sure she will um, but to me it just it, for me it was more middle of the road okay in, the, in terms of in terms of I mean perfectly perfectly pleasant album to listen to um, but not one that I would I would have repeated listening to although I have to say I agree with you completely I thought the Need You Tonight cover was really good yeah you know possibly one of the standout tracks on there I think it is. Yes, I think it is. It's because it's, it's it's kind of such a surprise when it kicks in. You think, what are you going to yeah. do with it? What, what is you going to do? What you going to do? And you think, oh, actually, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah, I see, yeah, yeah, like it, yeah. Actually, yeah. cover that does actually... a cover that actually enhances, if not improves, on the original. Yeah, in a different space. Yeah, not on that positive note. Which yeah, which, which, which yeah, I meant that. I meant that. Unfortunately, I've already provided you a list of possible things that we might review. You probably next should, you so, should probably so that, might, that might be all of them. <laughs> you should probably limit it to six. Yeah. <laughs> so just just for the, just for the, the uh, amusement of the listener, um, albums we're at least considering for the next podcast are uh, the new album from Meggy Pop, Post Pop Depression, uh, the latest album from Joy Formidable, mm-hmm. Hitch, um, some bunch of old geezers called the uh, Pet Shop Boys. Uh, their album's called Super and comes out on April the 1st. <laughs> I'll be reviewing that one. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless. <laughs> uh, Baby Metal have also got a new album coming out, which apparently doesn't even have a title yet, so whether that actually comes out or not, God only knows. Uh, old friends Yesay are back with oh, Amen yeah. and Goodbye. Oh, was that interesting? It? Yeah. Because cl- clearly we loved an album and then we were kind of, yeah. We were. So we were really about that, that no, next album. Not really. No. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they okay. can it back yeah. uh, Deftones are back together and got a new album out called Gore wow. okay. Parquet Courts new album uh, their last couple of albums have been uh, very highly critically rated Yeah. and the PJ Harvey album which was kind of made uh, pretty much at Somerset House wasn't it with people invited along to oh. join in the sessions and sit in the sessions yeah. joined last year um, comes out as well so Probably at least one of those will be in the next podcast. Excellent. <laughs> Until then. There we go. You've been listening to the CTTV Music Podcast. <laughs>